Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Hey, this is Trevor Sternad from the Black Dahlia Murder here, and you're listening to the Ever Black Podcast. Hey, human scum, this is odorous from before we go into this episode of the Ever Black Podcast, we just need to give a shout out to our show supporters, the occult clothing brand Electric Witch. Love amazing apparel from shirts to hoodies to hats to beanies, dresses, and more. Check out their full range at electricwitch.com.au and put in the code EVERBLACK for 20% off your order. This episode's interview also appeared on The Faction, Australia's best 24-7 heavy music streaming radio station. Tune in now through the Faction app available in the Apple and Android app stores and iheartradio.com.au. Also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the EVERBLACK podcast on Spotify and iTunes podcast streams and see all our video interviews on the EVERBLACK YouTube channel. You can also read all our articles and reviews at everblack.com.au. All right, on with the show. Thanks for joining us on the show, brother. How's uh, everything going over in your world? Doing well, man. You know, just trying my best to stay busy and keep afloat during this uh, unique time, shall I say? Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Very crazy. It so, is. We were supposed to be on tour, uh, you know, a good portion of the year this year and uh, with Megadeth and obviously, you know, just like pretty much all other bands, none of that is happening. So it's improvising and, you know, uh, maybe a good time to, to get some other projects completed or started at least, you know, so that's kind of what I'm doing. That's my state of mind. Oh man, you've been, uh, you've been pretty busy with, with heaps of stuff, including uh, the new Cadaver. Edda and Bile, which comes out on November 27th through Nuclear Blast. And this album is so killer, dude. Like, uh, this is your first uh, record with Anders. And you guys have such a great musical chemistry, you know. Uh, and it's brought Cadaver back in such a big, bad way, man. It's darker. It's heavier. It's, it's, it's unreal, man. So, I mean, you only met a few years ago, though, right? Yeah, we met um, actually in 2014. I was... Um asked to fill in, you know, Satir Futuri kind of contacted me and, uh, and uh, somebody had, we both know, Victor Brand had given me his number and he just asked me to fill in for a couple of shows. And, and uh, so that all happened kind of at short notice. And um, I didn't know at the time, actually, I wasn't fully aware that Andrews was playing with, with uh, Satir Account too. He's been mm. their bass player for many years. And so uh, when we're there finally playing those shows, I was like, wait, are you, you're Anders Auden from Cadaver. I love Cadaver, you know, so I just kind of started talking and, and <laughs> next thing you know, he's playing me some demos he's had laying around. He's like, look, I got these tracks. Like, you want to hear them? I'm like, yeah, yeah, man. So, you know, from there, it just came the idea of like, hey, why not revive the band? Uh, we'll just do it whenever we have time. You know, there was no pressure or anything or, you know, it was it was a very organic process and, and a ton of fun. I'm glad you Thing, there's a good chemistry because we, we think so too it just kind of flowed you know we just naturally worked together well isn't that unreal dude i mean you you're obviously growing up you're a fan and now you're like jamming i mean you're jamming with a lot of your heroes man i mean you're living the dream bro 
Well, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, you know, that's only at age 15 or 15 that I'd be playing with all these people. I'd be like, what are you talking about, man? You know, it's like, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's such a great community, this, the metal world. It really is. Yeah, a lot of the absolutely. people that I look up to that I've been able to meet, almost, almost all of them, maybe even all of them are just cool, down-to-earth people that I connect with in some way or another and they just become friends you know same thing with Anders I would say he's my friend first and foremost and then on top of that we now make music together but he's just such a cool guy and his music inspired me a lot you know the first cadaver album really had a huge impact on me um, and I followed the years even saw them live in the cadaver Inc era oh wow and so you know I've always followed them and so you know now to be able to just work with him is, is, is so cool man that is awesome, dude. That's so good. And I love, man, I love how disgusting and brutal this album is. Like, it's darker, heavier, and, it, you know, it's, it's, you, you've taken it in such a dark direction. I love it so much, man. Um, where, where, was that something you guys went, we gotta, we got to take it into those places, or was it just a natural progression? I would say it was a natural pro- progression. I think Andrew's just had a lot, you know, uh, that he needed to get out and uh, he has a, sometimes a kind of a funny nihilistic approach to stuff you know <laughs> kind of like fuck everything kind of approach which I can you know I can relate to I think it's it's you know sometimes that's what you need you know sometimes yeah, you just kind of be like <laughs> fuck everything so there's that you know obviously with the, the DJFEP like kind of you know that's the whole statement but um, no it just kind of happened man I would say the thing that that I really insisted on was to to keep it old school and to keep it raw you know i didn't yeah. want it to be one of those clean polished productions because that's just not what cadaver is to me if you look at all the albums you know none of them is very clean none of them is very polished it's it's, it's usually just you know three or four guys playing together and just making a bunch of noise and and that's kind of what i wanted you know so so we the way we the process of recording the album and even making the album was done with that in mind so like we recorded most of the songs without click. We played together versus just me on drums to some scratch guitars and then him coming in, you know, it was literally us in the same room and also our engineer, Mr. Adair Daffelbach in the same room, just playing together, you know? And, and I think you can really hear that on the album, like just, yeah. the, you know, the, uh, the, the, the energy that's happening, which to me is such a magical thing in, in, in music in general, but especially in death metal when, you know, you listen to all the classic records, there's an energy there that's hard to pinpoint what it is, but a lot of times it's because of the interaction between people that happens in the moment, right? That's what I've learned over the years. So I'm really glad we got to get that out. Oh, man. Yeah, and, and it doesn't sound... You're talking about, like, uh, you know, the sound of it. It doesn't... It's, a, it's not polished, but it doesn't sound bad, man. Like, I can turn it up in my car on the way to work, and it doesn't, like sound bad it sounds amazing like you've got that balance which is not easy to do it isn't it isn't and, and we had a lot of talks about it also with Adair you know the producer and, and uh, he, he was more used to the way records are produced now mm. so he had to kind of experiment a little bit and try some different things but I, I think you know he's a genius so it worked out really well but that's the thing, sounding raw and, 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 and you know, brutal and, and organic doesn't mean sounding bad per se. I think back in the day, the thing was, is that there wasn't really a template. There was no blueprint for how do you produce a 
death metal or a grindcore record or a black metal record, you know, it's kind of like everybody was just trying stuff and sometimes with good results, sometimes not so good. But in the end, for me, that's part of the charm. Like, I don't want my album to sound like the other album with the same presets and the same this and the same that. So you got to push the boundaries a little bit. And in mm. this case, you know, kind of taking out that year who's more used to producing in a modern way and kind of pushing into like, dude, just, you know, let's do all real drums, no triggers, no click track, just the work, let's figure it out, you know, and it's more work for all of us it was, but, but in the end, I think it's, it's, it's really what Cadaver stands for. So that's why for me, it was so important to kind of follow that direction from the get go. And, and I, I had to insist with the guys to no click track, you know, everybody's, everybody, I work with a click track, like 99% of the time, yeah, it's yeah. what you do, you know, now it's like, it's easier, everything's lined up, you can move stuff, you can, you know, I was like, no. And they were like, are you sure it's going to be a lot more work? I'm like, yeah, I know, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool it. because, you know, the music, the music ebbs and flows in a, in yeah. a way that it doesn't when you play to a click. That's it. And it sounds really honest. And I love that. Are you jamming on like old kid have stuff as well? You know, like yeah, we, we did. I played one show with the band last year, so we recorded the album uh, early 2019, and then we did another yeah. session a few months later after that for a few more songs that you know ended up on some on the record, some on the EP. Um, but then in in uh, I think it was September 1st or August 31st, I can't remember. Anyway, late summer last year, uh, we did a show in Norway, and so that was like an hour long show. So yeah, we played a bunch of stuff from from. We didn't play anything off of uh, Necrosis directly, but oh yeah, no, we did, yeah. So yeah, songs from every album, basically. So yeah, so I got to play a lot That's of true. the old stuff, you know, obviously a lot of stuff from the first record, and yeah, it was fun. That's sick. That's awesome. Well, of course, I mean, I've been a big fan of yours for a long time, bro. Like, uh, you know, nice. you followed your career, and you've you've played with some of my favorite bands, like uh, and musicians like Devon and and Soilwork. I see a little Soilwork sound in the back there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, it, it's it, it's been a, such a jam packed career you've had. Uh, who who's been the most physically demanding band to play with? Which I should say. <laughs> Great question, man. Uh, oh man. I mean, Soilwork was pretty tough towards the end because, you know, it started to, I started to have more free reign of pushing the tempos and stuff. And so there's some, there's some really fast stuff on like, you know, the Living Infinite and the Ride Majestic. That was definitely challenging for me to, uh, to, to, you know, I grew a lot as a drummer, like playing that stuff live night after night. We would do these grueling tours with, you know, 51 shows in 54 days kind of thing right. with like no rest. And just <laughs> at the end of that, you're just completely spent mentally and physically, you know? So it was, it was tough, but I mean, there's been a lot, you know, I think actually the single most band that I learned the most from like on a purely physical level of drumming is, is a death metal band I played with back when I lived in France. So this was like late nineties, early two thousands, a band called Mortuary. They're still around today. Yes. They're a great band. Either. I think you've frozen up, bro. Can you still hear me? Oh, yeah, yeah. You just yeah. went all frozen up. Oh, sorry about that. And then, it, no, that's all right. As I said, that's what happens, man. We're, we're close to the uh, the end of the world here. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Where did I cut off? <laughs> And of course, I mean, yeah. you joined Megadeth, man, which is such a massive, massive thing. Uh, you know, how did that come about, join their ranks? 
Well, I was on a tour with Soil Work and I got a notification, a call from the Mega Death Camp that uh, Dave Mustaine wanted to talk to me, you know, and so uh, a few days later I was on the phone. I mean, you can imagine my surprise, of course, like, wait, who, what, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so a few days later, I was on the phone with him and, and basically, you know, he, we talked a little bit, asked me some questions and he said, look, you know, we just need somebody to fill in for us. Uh, can you do it? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so uh, I did. And, you know, basically I came home from that soul work tour, spent 10 days learning Megadeth songs. And next thing you know, we're playing, you know, so it was, it was kind of like out of nowhere. <laughs> Man, that's it's that's crazy. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm rust in peace for me was like, that was my way in, man. That was my, the album that was, that opened the doors, man. You know, so, yeah, you know, yeah. and, uh, Incredible. yeah, so is, you know, how, how is it working with Dave? I mean, I, 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 you're, you're making a new Megadeth album at the moment. I, I hear, is that correct? Yes. Yes. Um, it's been you, great, man. I mean, you know, I, I got the privilege to spend a lot of time with the band on the road the past four years. We did a lot of touring, you know, 2016 through yeah. 2018. So I really got to know the guys, know what works and doesn't, know all the different, every drummer contributed to every song because I got over time, you know, in the beginning, of course, I didn't have much time to really get to the finite details of some of the stuff. But over time, I really got in depth with like, all the drum parts, like Car Samuel, so stuff is pretty intricate. So I really got to absorb all that and play it live. And, you know, and, and Dave would throw in things in the set list sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, now we're doing this. All right. So, you know, just kind of seeing how it works. Right. So when it comes to making the record, I think it was such a good thing to have that experience and to be able to put all that together mixed in with my own feel and my own influences. And just kind of, I think you're going to hear that on the album. You know, there's, there's some of all the big eras of Megadeth are somewhere or another on, on drums, I believe. So. That's awesome. How, how does Dave, I could imagine Dave being someone that would really push you to do your best too. Oh right. yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's super cool to work with, man. I gotta say yeah. he still gets that youthful excitement when something's cool, you know, and he likes like a riff or a drum fill or whatever it is, you know? And so of course you feed off of that. And, and uh, so when I actually went into record drums together with David Ellison doing bass, uh, it was late May, early June this year. And Dave was, of course, you know, there the whole time. And, and so there was a really good energy happening. It was really productive. We experimented some, tried some different things. Didn't always work out. But, you know, I was really, he really encouraged us to, to just do what we do, you know, and trust us with the parts. And, I mean, we all wrote stuff for the record. Like, I wrote a song, you know, and, and some other riffs because I play guitar, too. Yeah. So some of that stuff ended up being recorded. I don't know what will be on the album and not, but there's, you know, there were a lot of cool things happening. So I really felt like it was a fun and creative, you know, creatively like interesting process for sure. Oh man, that's awesome. I mean, and also playing the Nick Menza stuff would be uh, pretty special too. I mean, he, he was like one of my favorite drummers. So. Yeah. I mean, he had a sound and, and the technique all his own, you know, and, and just instantly yeah. recognizable approach to, to drumming. And it was crazy actually, because so the, the I played that first show with him. I believe it was in May of 2016. And I think it was that same night. Uh, I believe it was the same night of the first show. I'm not 100% on that, but I get a text message all of a sudden of a friend of mine like, dude, did you see me? I just died. So Man. like literally as I started playing with the band here in LA where I live, he was playing at the Baked Potato, the small club. And that's when he, you know, died basically playing drums. 
And so it was such a shock. And of course, Dave and David especially were incredibly affected by it. And, yeah. you know, we, we did moments of silence on, on all the next shows for, for Nick and kind of Dave talked about it and stuff. But yeah, man, I mean, it was, it was just this crazy coincidence, but sorry about the noise. <laughs> um, That's all right. Sorry about that. Some some grindcore happening here outside. <laughs> but no, I mean, Nick was also a huge influence of mine. Um, yeah. I, my first album was Pete Wells, but I did get to see the band for Rust in Peace on the Clash oh, yeah. of the Titans tour. That was actually only the third concert I ever went to, you know, as a teenager. And so, of course, you know, I, I got to honor that, you know, and I yeah, anything I do with Megadeth is kind of in honor of those those things because they built Megadeth. You know, Nick was a part of building Megadeth sound as have been all the people that came before me. So I respect that immensely. That's awesome, dude. Um, you, you're doing an awesome job, brother. I got to tell you that. That's for sure. Thank you. Right. Yeah, man. <laughs> What's, tell us about Bent C. I've, I've just checked that out. Yeah. Just stumbled, man, dude. You got Thomas Lindbergh. You got like all these cool cats. Man, what what's what is that little project? Well, so. I'll tell you, so Ben C kind of, you know, I've always written music. I was telling you earlier, I play guitar, but I never really considered myself a guitar player because I'm, I'm really a drummer, you know. So mm. I, I just kind of tried to bring ideas, but I always, I never felt that confident about my guitar playing because I was always playing with like Sylvain, Patrick Inscarve, or like, you know, Peter and and like all the guys in soil work that are just like such amazing right. guitarists. So I was like, yeah, I have this idea and kind of feeling like, you know, I, I, shitty about even presenting it because I'm like, I suck compared to these guys, that kind of thing. But my wife always encouraged me. She's like, make your own music, do your own stuff. You can do it. You know, so eventually I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. I just sat down behind a drum, started recording stuff and it turned out to be grindcore because I love grindcore and, and that became <laughs> Betsy, right? So it's always been this very spontaneous and organic process with no real plan. And over the years, of course, doing a lot of it in my free time, you know, I became a little bit of a better guitar player. I respect the instrument, you know, I got better at it. And uh, yeah, man, I've really been on a roll. I mean, I have a, we have a full-length album coming that's completely separate from the Instagram songs you mentioned. That's kind of a thing I've just been doing during the quarantine and inviting some people I love jamming with to be a part of it. You know, like there's way more coming, by the way. We got a ton of songs with a ton of people, you know, so, but Thomas and, and Athenar from Midnight, those are all, you know, like Jesper uh, from Nazem. I mean, those are all guys I look up to and that are, you know, now friends of mine. So it was really cool to do stuff with them. But yeah, it's it's my musical outlet. It's, it's stuff I'm really proud of. It's my way of expressing myself on drums and guitar. And just, you know, Shane Embry of Napalm Death is the bass player generally, like he plays on the album. He's a person that's, you know, such a cool guy, such a yeah. kind guy, and just a huge influence of mine since I was a kid. So it's just, you know, it's exciting to be able to do stuff like that. That's what I live for. You know? Dude, so good. <laughs> Sign me up. Sign me up. I love it. That's so good. And yeah. of course, uh, hopefully when everything calms down, you know, will we see you come back down here to Australia? You know, maybe bring Kadev finally down <laughs> to see us, you know? Come on, man. It would be great, man. I can't wait to come back. You know, it's been a long time. I mean, Megadeth had already done Australian shows when I started playing with mm. them. So I kind of missed out on that whole leg, but, um, but I hope we'll be down there soon. I don't know. Of course, Megadeth is the priority when it comes to me playing live. Yeah. And, and so anything else is kind of like cherry on the cake. I don't know how much I'll get <laughs> to play with Cadaver, you know, besides the one show we did last year. Um, Anders has a drummer for that, that can do the touring if I can't, which more likely than not, I can't, but, 
because you know when this opens up when when, when COVID kind of hopefully becomes less of a you know immediate issue as it is now and kind of becomes under control you bet that like every single band on the face of this oh. earth is gonna have you know, a year-long tour plan so it's gonna be the best <laughs> thing in the world man it's gonna be the greatest that the floodgates are gonna open and oh, like yeah. Oh, yeah. just just bring it all the metal i need yeah. it yeah, there the should be a, a, like a month-long festival, you know, it's just like every single metal band, like every single day there's like 10 bands and then, you know, it just goes on and on until people are just completely exhausted. Like, ah. Yeah, man, <laughs> we'll just be sitting in deck chairs with our beers, just, exactly. man, it's going to be the best thing in the world. I can't oh, wait. Oh, it's meant to be, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's right, man. That's, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. Well, dude, it's been an absolute pleasure hanging out with you on the show tonight and uh, all the best to you and uh, all the boys you, you're jamming with. Of course, uh, Edda and Bile, the new Cadaver album, comes out on November 27. We'll have the links all here. Go pre-order it now. And uh, we will see you hopefully soon, bro. Very soon, Al. Thanks for the interview, Nev. It was great to talk to you, man. You too, man. Enjoy your day, bro. You see too. You Take care. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 